What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Distro. I have a very special episode for you guys this week. I am joined by Morgan Number 2, who I work with on The Bobby Bone Show. She's also been on this podcast before. She came on and reviewed every single Marvel movie after binging them over like two weeks. Now she did the exact same thing, but with all the Star Wars movies. So we're going to go through each one, one by one, and review them and talk about them. And also, I watched Frozen for the very first time ever. I know it's weird that I am the biggest movie guy, but for some reason, I don't like Disney musicals. As big of a Disney fan as I am, I just had a personal thing of not wanting to watch Frozen, but I decided this week, okay, it's finally time after somebody found out I'd never seen them. So I'll get into my review of Frozen 1 and Frozen 2, which I watched this week, and Morgan Number 2 will also hop in with me on those reviews. So we have all that coming up on this episode. Gotta say, it's been really cool to see this podcast growing and growing every single week. And that's all because you guys tell other people about it and have people come check out the podcast. So it really means a lot to me when you hit that five-star rating and write a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it really helps the podcast kind of get out there more. Or all you have to do is hit follow on iHeartRadio wherever you're listening to podcasts and you'll get brand new episodes every single Monday. I love doing this show. I love it when you guys come and hang out with me. So let's get right into this week's episode with Morgan number two, reviewing all the Star Wars movies. Here we go. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, welcome back, Morgan number two, to the podcast. What's going on, Morgan? Uh, thanks for having me back. Just, you know, hanging out at my home and doing some serious movie binges right now. Yeah, it's strange times right now. We're actually doing this podcast from two separate places, practicing yeah. social distancing. <laughs> How's your quarantine going? 
It's going good. I mean, I'm super bored and, you know, learning all the different rooms in my house, like just trying to hang out, get different scenery, and it's not going very well, though. How's it going for you? It's going okay. But like you said, it's a great time to watch movies right now. And the last time you were on here, you watched every single Marvel movie in yeah. what, like two weeks? Yeah, I binged those real hard. That that was even more of a feat than the Star Wars one that we're about to talk about. So I'm pretty impressed with myself in recent months. Yeah, and on, and on that episode, if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and find that one. But we mentioned that you were going to go through and watch all the Star Wars movies. And you did that now. So we're going to get into this Star Wars episode which I've said before that I'm not a Star Wars fan. Like I got into it whenever The Force Awakens came out and I watched those new movies and then eventually went back and watched the original ones. So that's kind of where I come from Star Wars and have my relationship with the movies. But you had never seen a single one before this? No, I'd never seen a single Star Wars. Obviously, I'd seen memes about Yoda and Darth Vader and all that, but never seen a single one. All right, so we're just going to run through them, starting with the original trilogy. We'll go through them in the order they came out. I know with these movies, a lot of people like the Marvel ones. They kind of want to decide on how to approach them. And I said for you, just to watch them the way they came out, that's kind of the way George Lucas wanted them to be seen. And I think they end up making the most amount of sense. And also, I'll kind of get into it later when we get into the reviews, but I think if you would have started in the way they're on the timeline, you wouldn't have even liked it at the begin with. Yeah, no, if I would have watched it not in release order, I wouldn't have liked the old ones. And I and I still don't, I mean, I liked the old ones. So A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back and even a little bit The Return of the Jedi. Those were hard to watch because I'm used to such new technology that like seeing Jabba Jabba, or <laughs> I think that's how you say his name, is like just such bad CGI in filmmaking. But it was also like, you know, I learned about the whole iconic line of Darth, like, I am your father and Yoda saying, do or do not, there is no try kind of thing. So I got to learn a lot of the iconic lines, which is why I liked watching them. But if I had watched them in chronological order, I wouldn't have enjoyed those movies at all. All right, so let's get right into it. Star Wars A New Hope came out in 1977. What'd you think about it? Oh my goodness. The, that one was probably the worst one. That think about that this movie is 40 years old over 40 years old but again I liked getting to see everybody come together and understand what was happening what was Star Wars this is when people fell in love with Star Wars is when it all started so getting to watch this for the first time I finally got to feel how all these people felt watching it and being obsessed Star Wars fans but again not my not my favorite Star Wars movie by any stretch of the imagination I am shocked by that because that is my favorite one. (laughs) A New Hope is your favorite one. My favorite one out of every Star Wars. That's my favorite one. And I think it's the almost the reason you hate it is the reason I like it. Because it's so old school? Yeah. Well, the thing about it being old school is I find in that one, even though the CGI and all that stuff wasn't there, like some of that stuff is pretty rough. Like the lightsaber fight scenes, those are pretty rough. And you're watching them and like this is almost comical in a sense. But... That movie has, it's take, they filmed it on like real sets. They use like real puppets, real animatronics. And I feel that kind of gives it a vibe of this feels real. This feels like it's actually happening somewhere in the world as opposed to some of the later stuff where it's so heavy CGI that kind of gets taken away. So I kind of feel like that's the reason people loved it at that time because it did create this world that you almost believed existed in a way because it, they made it look like that way on screen. And yeah, going back and watching it, I can see some of the other stuff that looks a little rough, but to me, 
I think that's what makes the movie almost timeless in a sense and why it is such a classic and people love it so much. I mean, that makes sense. And, and you being such a movie buff, having that kind of connection to it makes sense. But but my other problem with it was that watching it for the first time, having no context, I really didn't know what was going on maybe until like the last 45 minutes of the movie. You don't really connect anybody. You don't know how they all got there. You don't know who they all are. So watching it, you're just kind of like, okay, well, um, I know this is Star Wars because I've heard of Star Wars, but I don't know what all these pe- people have a connection to each other until you start to kind of piece it together towards the end. So that was another reason why it wasn't my favorite. I just, I just didn't really understand half of the movie. <laughs> what character did you like like the most from this movie so far? Oh, just this one specifically? Yeah, just this one. Like if there was one character you're like, okay, I, at least I like that character. Who was it? Oh, it was the droids. I mean, the droids are a constant for me in all of them, but I love like R2-D2 and his dedication as a droid is just superb. What What do you think? I, yeah, I like R2-D2 and the fact that it was like so focused on him in the beginning. And I think that kind of, it kind of gets taken away later on in like the movie franchise. But yeah, I like that too, that he was so much of a part of this movie. Agreed. Definitely a good one. All right, let's move it on to The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. What'd you think about this one? I like this one a little bit better, again, because I had more context, so I start to piece things together. Um, but man, still, like, you know that Darth Vader is, you know, who he is and whose father he is, but, like, he's crazy, and he's just, like, but you you see in this movie, you kind of see his, like, soft side come out. You know what I mean? Like, in, in a way, and... For my whole life, I think Darth Vader is like this terrible person because all I know is he wears a mask and he's the bad guy. But then when you watch these movies, you realize he has this like softer side that starts to come out and you realize that like he was somebody under there. And until that moment during this movie, I didn't really think much that, okay, he could still be a real person. You know what I mean? You kind of picture him as this like terrible, I don't know, horrible like robot or something. So I like that in this one. Yeah, you almost kind of start to feel for him a bit and see him more as like just the villain. Because yeah, like the same thing with me. I didn't really know him from these movies. But going back, I was like, oh, he's just going to be the ultimate villain, the ultimate jerk. And then seeing him in this movie, like, okay, there's maybe a little bit something more to Darth Vader. Well, yeah. And you and I, and I if I remember correctly, in this one is where you kind of see that there's a person above him, which is I think the emperor. Um, he like is controlling to a point with Darth Vader. Obviously, obviously Darth has his own agenda and dark force and all the things that are bothering him. But you kind of start to figure out that there's more to that story than just Darth being the bad guy. What about in this one? What characters did you start to like more? I mean, I, I like Chewbacca. He's hilarious yeah. to me. Like, he doesn't even talk, and I still, like, connect to him on a deep <laughs> level. You know, he, he just, I don't know. You, you see his dedication to his friend you still don't know why obviously with him and Han um but you just see that he's like really dedicated and I liked him but I also love Luke Skywalker you know he played a bigger role in that one so yeah for some reason in in the first one I didn't like Chewbacca as much like I didn't really get him as like why everybody loved him but I think it was in this movie where I was like okay I get Chewbacca now (laughs) and like I'm on board with that I definitely think Chewbacca takes time in the series to understand his big role but Definitely later on, he becomes like a favorite for me. All right, moving on to the final in this trilogy, you got uh, Return of the Jedi 1983. Do you think it's starting to look a little bit better at this point or you still feel it looks super old school? 
It definitely looks a little bit better. I mean, you're in the 1980s, so it's at least five years after the fact of the first one coming out, but still old school. Um, but I like this one because, like, they really start to come together and you learn about the Jedi and you learn about Yoda and how Luke becomes, like, this masterful person, you know? Um, so this one was entertaining for me. Probably my favorite one out of the three old ones. What did you think about it? Really? Yeah. I like this one a lot, too. I think I liked it because it starts off right with the action and kind of gets right into it. Um, I really like Carrie Fisher in this as Princess Leia. How did you feel about her in, like, the bikini at the very beginning? Because I didn't realize that was, like, a controversial <laughs> thing when it first came out. And I kind of read up some stuff on it about, like, her not wanting to wear that and feeling weird about that later on. What how do you, what'd you think about that? Well, if you think about that time, I don't know that, like, if women in bikinis and movies were a thing. I have no idea. But I remember, I, like, when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh, that was a twist I didn't see coming. Um it was, so, it was like weird to see her sexy, right? Like yeah. You don't really see her. In, in, in the previous movies, you don't really think of her that way. And then this one, you're like, oh, why did they put her in a slave bikini all of a sudden? Well, yeah. And, and again, she really doesn't have too much of a backstory. So you don't know too much about her until obviously things start to come out. But like she's wearing this cover the whole time pretty much. And then all of a sudden, bam, she's in this like Egyptian type bikini looking thing. And you're like, what just happened? But that was also like a lot of Jabba the Hutt, which I'm kind of glad he is out of the picture after this movie because he was yeah. weird. <laughs> you didn't like Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> no. I mean, understand like that was a pretty cool thing of how big of a deal that he was for these movies and the series in that time. But yeah, he was a strange character. I mean, think of, think so about over- like coming up with that idea in the studio. Like you're just like, I'm just going to draw a giant blob and he's going to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's going to be really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to the prequel trilogy now, which is now kind of known as like well first well let's just start with the Phantom Menace and get into this. I have um I kind of just want you to run through all of these at once. Just because I feel they're all kind of grouped together as like being like the not best Star Wars movies. So go with the Phantom Menace first, which came out in 1999. Oh, I mean, this one was a little like off for me. It wasn't a favorite by any stretch. I mean, you learn um, about Anakin Skywalker, where he came from a little bit and a little bit more of his backstory. But it was also kind of like, okay, you could have probably put that in the beginning of another movie. It was just kind of a long, drawn out, like setup. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Definitely not a favorite. What do you think of Phantom Menace? I just, I mean, there's a lot of problems with that movie. I think they get into telling a story that they didn't really know how they wanted it to be told. And I I love the idea of creating the origin story of Darth Vader from being Anakin Skywalker to turning to the dark side. But I just think it kind of falls flat in here with, you know, Anakin as a kid and it just being all over the place. And then you got Jar Jar Binks thrown in the mix, which he was just kind of thrown in to be the comic relief now. And everybody hated that character. He was really only put into it to kind of appeal to kids and eventually, you know, make money off merchandising. And he ended up just ruining the movie and kind of kind of just ruining this whole prequel trilogy. Yeah, it, it was definitely like an interesting movie and just the, the whole turn of events that happened. I'll just say, like, I could have probably gone without watching it or at least like summed it up into like 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Pretty much. It could have been like a, yeah, like a 15 minute special before that. <laughs> I, I mean, they were mainly making it George Lucas to eventually just make more money out of the Star Wars franchise. He 
never really said that he was going to make these prequels. Like, he's kind of gone back and forth. of like, no, I had this whole idea the whole time to make these prequels. And I just think here it's kind of a money grab at this point. But <laughs> um, let's get into Attack of the Clones, which came out in 2002. Well, I, d- I do like Attack of the Clones a little bit better because you learn where all the clones came from, like why the clones became a thing, you know, how everything sets up to be the Empire. And you learn a lot more about what these clones are and how because the clones become such a big part of a major part of that later franchise, that learning kind of where they came from, how they came and them being with like a Jedi who went to the dark side and this whole creation on a completely different planet that nobody knows about. I liked I liked learning the backstory of the clones. So a little bit better for me in this one felt like a little bit more of context was put into place and I learned some things, but still, you know, probably could have summed it up within the other one. What did you think? I felt like the acting got really bad in this one for some reason. Did you find that at all hard to watch because of the acting just seems kind of like they're not even like real people? I don't I don't know that I ever felt that way, but at this point I was already pretty deep into all the Star Wars, so I was just <laughs> connecting to everything, you know what I mean? So I don't know if I ever yeah. felt like the acting was too bad, but um I do think they played Anakin Skywalker a little too um I don't even know the right word, but just like a little too off-putting at times. Like you just knew that it was coming instead of it being like this kind of underlying thing. They just kind of kept poking it like it's coming. He's going to turn. He's going to turn. When's it going to happen? Like they're over. They're almost overdoing it to like explain the story of like, oh, this is why this is where it happens. Like this is where he turns bad and like him just kind of being a jerk. Yeah. And then it finally like got to it at the end. So that that part was like. Maybe that's where that bad acting kind of came in is just like you're kind of like poking the bear without finally letting the bear out until the very end of the movie. <laughs> so. All right. What about what about Revenge of the Sith in 2005? So Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorites out of the series. I do love this one Why? a lot. Why? Because you learn a lot about the Dark Force, you know, like what happens to Anakin Skywalker, how he turned, just the whole like sequence of events. I liked the context of that movie. That's where everything finally started to add up. I started to get information from the first few movies and it all kind of connected to lead me to be able to watch basically all of the new movies. Do you know what I mean? Like that was kind of the the missing pieces that all of the other movies needed to make the last ones work. So I liked this one and you learn about the Sith and, and, and you finally have like basically the main evil. So, you know, people think Darth Vader is like the main villain, but really like the main evil is the dark force and the Sith and this, this terrible side of also what came of something good came of, which is the, the Jedi. So I like the opposing sides and that they literally created basically kind of a good and a bad instead of like a villain and a good guy they created a whole bad and a whole good you know what i mean yeah so i liked that in revenge of the sis did you not like that one i know you didn't like really the other two i I mean i like this one if i had to pick one of all these i would like this one the most just because you kind of see you see darth vader 
okay, this is what happens, and you get that kind of origin story. But overall, I just didn't think it was a super strong one out of if I'm picking all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick one from this series, yeah, this would probably be my favorite. But I, again, I still think like the, the CGI at this time, it, it, it just feels very early 2000s to me. Yeah. And like what I loved about the original ones was that they did have real sets and they did use like real things and objects in the movies. And I think that's another reason why people didn't really like this trilogy because it just looks so much CGI and it just like feels doesn't have that same Star Wars feel. Yeah, you kind of have these movies in three places, which is like super old school, like still trying to figure out technology in the middle. And then the like the brand new technology with all of the newest ones, which is kind of crazy. All right. So we're going to take a quick break now and we'll get back in with the rest of the Star Wars movies. And I also watched Frozen for the very first time, which I know you watched both one and two. Yeah. So we can totally talk about those two movies, too. All right. So we'll finish the Star Wars stuff and then we'll get into a Frozen review after this. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. All right, getting into the sequel trilogy now, starting off with The Force Awakens in 2015. The big comeback of Star Wars. What did you think about it? Oh, it was good. I mean, these are where all the new movies start. So definitely more my speed and my time, you know, like in the era. Um, not a not a favorite, but definitely like where some new players started to get introduced, which I was interested in. Um, but in kind of all of the movies, this one kind of just got lost for me. What do you think? Really? Why'd you, why did you get lost for you? I don't know. I mean, I just like thinking about this movie now. I'm not remembering any key parts that I really loved. I'm not, you know, like, hey, this is like a a big favorite. I just, for whatever reason, amongst all of the movies, this one got lost for me. But also, like, it was an interesting part to the storyline. Just not, I don't know, not a key player for me for whatever reason. Well, for me, this was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in theaters And even though I hadn't seen anything going into it, 
it was still kind of nostalgic for me to see all these old characters kind of come back on the screen whenever you see like Chewbacca and Han Solo for the first time again. Like I felt something in the theater, even though I didn't really have any personal connection with them yet. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of a cool thing to see. And overall, it just had like that same kind of nostalgic feel throughout. I think I experienced it with other people and like like the crowd in the movie theater was like, you know, cheering and roaring the whole time. And I was like, oh, this is why people love Star Wars. And it kind of made me want to keep watching them after this one. So I think that's probably why I had a kind of a connection with me more so than the other ones. Well, I mean, it was it was the introduction of so many new players. And I will say getting to see Princess Leia back on the screen in a new role, older age, wow. obviously a lot of life has passed by. Um, and the whole Kylo Ren situation was definitely interesting. Like, But another, it was kind of like they took Darth Vader and the Skywalker situation and twisted it into a new one. You know what I mean? Like another person in the family went dark. And I think that was why it wasn't a favorite for me is because I was like, oh, I've already kind of heard this storyline before. Um, But, you know, newer technology, updated story. It's just kind of the same one. Like family member goes bad. Oh, it's the son of Han Solo. You know what I mean? And Princess Leia, who obviously had this child and, you know, they hate each other and the loss of Han Solo definitely did not make things any better. <laughs> so, sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that one, but it's like five years old, so. Uh, speaking of new characters, how did you feel about Rey in this movie? I liked her, um, but I didn't like her as much until the last movie. Um, I just kind of, you don't know much about her, and you kind of just feel like she may like take a turn for the bad side at any moment. So it was kind of like I had a hard time trusting in her. But I do like that she somehow had a connection to Princess Leia. And I was just really wanting to know who she was. Like, you know, obviously Kylo Ren has a connection to somebody. Who is this Rey character and why is she a part of being friends with Princess Leia and all of this now? Like, she obviously has to have some intense family backstory. That's what I kept, like, waiting for, which obviously never really big happened. But um, I did like her. I don't know. Not not a favorite, but I did like her. What do you think? I liked her. I guess I guess kind of how you think about it. Yeah, I didn't like her as much in this one as I did later in the franchise on this. But I thought it was cool just to have the female character being the lead now. Yes, definitely a turn, which was cool. I mean, anytime a female takes the lead, I'm all about it. So that part I did like her about her. But it, there was just a lot of like mystery around her, I think. And... It was just kind of like they were touching on her story, but never really telling it. So I think I was getting frustrated with that. I was kind of waiting for like, okay, give me more. I want to know more about this girl. And it just kind of took a while. And then speaking of female leads, we'll move on to Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which came out in 2016. And you also watched these standalone ones, right? Yeah, I did. What did you, so you think about this one? Oh, man. When I watched this movie, I didn't realize where it fell in the timeline of everything um, until towards the end. I probably should have looked that up before. Um, But so cool to learn what happened and obviously how that massive, um, I I don't think you can call it a plane, a spaceship blew up. And now they know why. Because in the movie that it originally happened, you remember the characters being like, that was so easy. How did we do that? And now you know why, which is really cool. Like, I, I love that, but it was also really sad because, again, another spoiler alert, they all die. Yeah. 
to like twist think, twist right at the end, just like bam. <laughs> I like that part of it though, and I know I hated on the prequels earlier, but this was actually a prequel that I felt made sense and kind of added to the story of overall. Um, just the fact that like something like first of all that it stands alone. You can watch this movie without kind of knowing everything else, and it the story stands alone. But it also kind of chugs along the, the overall arcing story of Star Wars and like, oh, this is actually a significant thing. It didn't feel like something they just kind of like, oh, let's explain this part that comes apart later. Like this actually had a significant impact in the timeline. No, and, and it reminded me of like, you know, the the war movies where like an, an untold true story about this, like how many come out about things that happen in war that we never hear about. That's kind of what this one was. Like these people who are, seriously made a risk and it worked and it helped defeat this huge empire so i just love that she like again another powerful female lead so i definitely loved that movie for that reason on its own we'll move on now to the last jedi 2017 i felt this one kind of started out slow and as far as the new trilogy i think maybe this one was a bit of the weakest but at the time, I still remember being like really excited for it. And I think there's still some cool parts to it. But what do you think about it? Oh, man. I <laughs> This one was like interesting because obviously I do love Rey in this. Um, she starts to kind of come into her character. And we hear what happened to Luke Skywalker, why he disappeared, you know, how Rey be- or how uh, Kyler became like who he was. Um, and the whole rebellion side really starts to come together in this movie, which I enjoyed watching. I don't know. What did you think? I really love that final fight scene. And I think that was kind of a redeeming quality of the entire movie. And for some reason, when that happened, I was like, oh, this kind of makes it one of my favorites (laughs) so far. But I don't know. I like that, that scene. And I like Luke Skywalker in this kind of coming back. And I think for me, it was kind of a little bit nostalgic, too, to see him kind of back at it. Yeah, and and the the end, like you're talking about, obviously with what happened with Kyler and him, another heartbreaking one. Like the fact that these new movies took the old like best characters from us is just crazy to me. You know, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo; those were main characters that started this whole franchise and why people loved him. And then the new movies come in and they just take them all away. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of sad. You know, I don't have any too much nostalgia to these old characters, but they did start it in, in seeing the fall of basically the legends and these massive characters who really started the love of Star Wars. That was hard. Even like it hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Like I even I was tearing up when it happened and I don't have this year long, you know, years of connection to Star Wars, but just seeing it all and seeing the impact that they have and what they did and everything that came out of that. Like it was hard to watch, you know, the passing of who happened. I won't say another spoiler alert, Um, (laughs) but that was hard. I will say like that that made that movie hard, but it was good. We move on to the next standalone movie. You got Solo, a Star Wars story, which came out in 2018. For me, like, again, I said prequels are hard for me. And this one, I felt, was another one that just tried to add on to the story that didn't need to be told again. (laughs) And I'm a big Donald Glover fan. Like, I love him as an actor, as a comedian. I love Childish Gambino. And I was really excited to see him play Lando. And then when I saw this movie, I was like, this isn't very good at all. Like... (laughs) Like, even, like, watching the movie in theaters, I was like, it's 
like it was too dark in the theater. Like the the actual movie, I felt like I couldn't even watch it because it was made weird, and I had a lot of problems with this movie. But what did you think about it? Well, I liked it because I like Han Solo and Chewie. Learning how Han Solo and Chewie came to be is interesting because like Chewie was set to kill Han Solo, and then obviously he befriends him and this whole thing, but. But the story of Han Solo, I feel like, could have been collided in another movie, you know? I don't, I don't know how, but it was, like, a long, drawn-out storyline. I, I liked that I could find out where he came from, why he became who he was, and why he was this, like, you know, feared, basically, guy in the universe. Um, but I liked specifically learning how Chewie and Han Solo came to be, because those two together are such an iconic pair throughout the movies that finally learning how they even met and how two people of different species like came together was cool a really cool part of that movie and i think on that it's also kind of cool to see how they got the millennium falcon i think that's really the only yeah. thing i kind of took away from this movie is like oh yeah that's how he got it yes that too like it kind of pieced together that that little storyline and i think if i remember correctly lando obviously not donald glover but um Lando comes back in Rise of Skywalker, right? Like his character. Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. The original one, yeah, he comes back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's get into that one now. Rise of Skywalker, which came out last year, had a bunch of mixed reviews because it's essentially wrapping up this trilogy. And anytime you wrap something up, people are going to hate it because they're going to say, oh, you didn't explain this. This plot line didn't get, you know, sorted out. And I think generally it's hard to make the ending of of a trilogy and I felt this one got dragged a little more than it should have, but what did you think? I mean, again, I have no backstory to any of this. This is all my first time watching. I had absolutely no problem with this movie. I loved it. I thought it was a great wrap-up. I cried, I laughed, and I got angry. Like, I had all the emotions watching this movie, and I don't I don't see... I, I was getting a lot of people telling me that they didn't like it, but I loved it. Like, getting to kind of see the wrap-up of all of these new and old characters and what happens with the Rebellion and just how it ends is like, oh, man. And, and obviously, the Galactic Empire, Emperor, like, you kind of realize where Rey comes from. Again, her backstory, which is huge, by the way. Like, she was a huge piece to all of this. Um, but when that last few scenes where Kyler and Ray finally like come together and the the one part I felt weird was when they kissed because I was like, well that I didn't really see that coming. <laughs> I didn't realize you two were having that kind of tension with each other. But um <laughs> besides that, them coming together to defeat Palpatine, I think that's how you say that. Um Yeah. To to come together to defeat against him and realizing that he is the back force of this whole Sith and dark force and that side and seeing that he was really like this deep rooted character all along. I loved that part. Like all along, here's this guy who's just been a part of this. And finally in this last movie, like they wrapped it up. They defeated him. You know what I mean? Um, so I liked it for that reason. what do you think about it? I liked it too. I felt the action was really strong in that. And that last battle scene where everything just kind of all comes together and they are all fighting at once i thought that was awesome i think the problem people have is that they say that they kind of tried to wrap this all up in a nice neat little bow and it didn't really have a payoff at the end which i just don't think you can really get that trying to wrap up this whole franchise into one movie there's going to be some people you upset and not have some answers be told but overall i thought it was a great movie i wouldn't see it like 
maybe opening day. So I didn't have any kind of other reviews in my head of like, oh, I'm going to go into this and not liking that. And I think after a while, people kind of had that in their heads of like, oh, this isn't a great movie. So therefore, I'm not going to like it for that reason. But like, yeah, like you said, I felt emotional throughout the movie. Um, I did think that romantic connection was a little weird. Like, I think the whole time they were kind of trying to recreate the initial Han Solo and Princess Leia romantic relationship throughout the entire franchise. And I just thought it never really worked with um, Kylo Ren and and, uh, Rey. Well, I don't think you could ever remake Leia and Han Solo. I don't think that's ever going to be a possibility. (laughs) So, yeah, I thought that was weird. But everything else, I like them kind of coming together and fighting at the end. And, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and and I will say, like, when they put a call out and Chewie comes back with the whole rest of the universe, you know, like the the rebellion, Uh, like, that was emotional for me because I was like, this is this is when it finally pays off for them. Like you see along these whole whole things of the rebellion fighting and, and trying to defend the universe for it to finally come together. Like I don't, I you know, I don't know if there's other things that are unanswered because I'm, I'm not a huge, you know, Star Wars fan. I don't know all the things. But for me, they finally defeated after this longstanding fight against the rebellion and the emperor and these people like, the rebellion finally won, which to me was a great wrap up. You know, I I thought that was the best storyline that could have happened. So to me, I thought it was a great movie. So just to recap, if you had to pick one Star Wars movie to say was your favorite, which one would you pick? Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! I mean, it's so hard because I don't think I can choose it, but I would say the last one. I would say the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but but Revenge of the Sith might be second. What was yours? I would still stick with A New Hope. I think seeing all the characters for the first time and just all the iconic scenes from everything from like seeing Luke Skywalker at his original home, the first time you see the binary sunset, I think all that stuff is kind of what so much of pop culture was based on and so many things that I just knew about from being a kid and all these references. I think I finally got it in that movie. I think in Empire Strikes Back, it was cool seeing like the Yoda stuff go down and I felt that was... Probably my second favorite, but I still think that A New Hope was my all-time favorite. So you're like the the first movie ever, and I'm potentially the last movie for a while. (laughs) We're on the complete opposites. (laughs) And then you also started The Mandalorian, right? How far are you in that? Well, I finished it, but I I will... Oh, you did? Yeah, um, because there's only a few episodes of that. I was like, I have to, you know, now I know who Yoda is. I got to meet baby Yoda. But I'm so like, I don't know when this series is meant to take place so like is it baby yoda or is it like a baby other yoda so it's not baby yoda i think he was just dubbed that because it is a childlike creature they call him the child because they never refer to him as yoda in the show they call him the child and the timeline where the mandalorian takes place is right after return of the jedi and before the force awakens so yoda is no longer a thing at this point but he's essentially a species of yoda and kind of what they're going to probably discuss more and whenever they put out season two is kind of more about where he came from and whether or not how or how he is connected to Yoda. But it's not like taking place before and it's not going to eventually be the Yoda that we know. Well, because you get the impression when um, Luke Skywalker goes to learn from Yoda that Yoda is the only one of his kind. So that's what I found interesting is like, oh, there's more of them. Like, why weren't they where Yoda was? You know what I mean? So that's what I was like. Okay, well, maybe it is a baby Yoda because maybe there's only one Yoda. I don't know. 
So that, I don't know. I thought that was, that was a good one though. I mean, I enjoyed that like few series and Mandalorian, you know, obviously he's like a bad guy turns good. Um, I like Mandalorian a lot though. Do you like it? I like it. I like it a lot too. Um, even more so than like, if I had to rank it on the movies, like putting those into perspective of this, like I would put the original movies and then the Mandalorian right after it, just because I think it's told in such a cool way. And I think the, like the action and the, all the design with it is kind of reminiscent of that. And the fact that I don't use a whole lot of like the CGI stuff. Yeah. And I just think it's, it's, it's a great show. Yeah, no, it is. And especially the fact that it takes them basically that whole first season to even reveal who Mandalorian is. Like, that was cool. It left mystery throughout the whole time that you're like, just take off your helmet. Tell me who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for season two of that. Yeah. Is there a season two coming? There should be. I don't know if it's delayed right now, but there is a season two coming. Oh, bless it. More more Star Wars to watch. I'm I'm here for it. I do like I like the child. All right, so that's all the Star Wars talk. Uh, We're going to come back and review Frozen. I watched it for the first time ever. I'll let you know how I felt about it, all right? All right, let's do it. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. All right, so I am seven years late on this review, and I'll explain why. Like, I love Disney movies. I love Pixar movies. But for some reason, I just don't like musicals. Okay, but but Frozen isn't like a hardcore musical. There are music aspects. What did you think of the first one, though? Well, I thought it was a straight-on musical because all I knew about it was Let It Go. (laughs) Like, that song came out, and I was annoyed by the song so much that I'm like, I'm not going to watch that movie because it's going to be basically just a straight-on kids movie and them singing the entire time, (laughs) which I know I like movies like The Lion King. I like Mulan, I like Pocahontas, but I just don't really like when they just burst out in the song for no reason. Yeah. So I guess kind of in a stubborn way, I protested this movie for so long. <laughs> and then this week when we were talking about it on the Bobby Bones show, I was like, oh, I've never seen Frozen. And he's like, you've never seen Frozen? So I was like, okay, I'll finally watch it. 
And I got to say, I actually liked it a lot. Okay, so first off, what was your rating on it? The f- I gave it four, Frozen 1, I gave it four out of five icicles. Okay, that's pretty high. So who was your favorite character in it? I loved Elsa. Like, I didn't know it was going to be a story about, like, two sisters kind of pulled apart. I, I didn't really know the, anything about it going into it, aside from the songs and from the snowman Olaf. <laughs> and once I kind of found out the story of, like, oh, she has, like, this this past and the reason she's not um, close to her sister, like, I connected with that and took that story. and was like, okay, this is something that I can kind of identify with in a weird way. And I didn't feel like it was a kid's movie. I felt like it was almost like an adult type situation happening presented in a kid's movie yeah i definitely agree it was a it was a great mix for adults and kids and it was a different storyline for disney it wasn't about a princess finding her prince it was about two sisters Mm -hmm. connecting which is why i loved that movie like that storyline being different i think is what was such a massive game changer for frozen is because it wasn't about a prince and a princess it was about family and that is really cool about that first movie yeah, and, and I think it got me from that first scene where she kind of kind of reveals her powers for the first time and everybody kind of turns on her and they're like, oh, she she has this magic. We got to, you know, get to, like get at her. <laughs> and she runs away and she starts singing Let It Go. That song hits differently once you know that story. <laughs> yeah, the, the Let It Go is definitely a whole other game changer when you have the context of why it happens. It's not as annoying, um, right? Yeah, it's not as annoying. I was like, oh, I get it now. Like she's she has like a heart like past and this is really like her getting it out and building this whole like crystal palace i'm like oh i freaking get it now i get elsa (laughs) so are you glad you finally watched it then oh yeah for sure i'm definitely glad i finally watched it i'm totally in now (laughs) the weird part i found about that i've never thought is gonna sound weird i've never found an like an animation character attractive in any way oh gosh you think elsa's attractive i felt they made her kind of be attractive (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure all Disney princesses are attractive, but you had an attraction to Elsa when she was singing Let It Go. When she sang Let It Go and she kind of got into like her, like the actual like blue dress, whatever. I felt like the way they like drew her, the poses she was in. I was like, is this their first attempt at a sexy Disney character? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is not something I expected to hear from you at all. So so now we know who your uh, number one Disney character potentially is. Is it Elsa? It could be, it could be Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so, so then you watch Frozen 2, right? Yeah, and what people kept telling me after I watched the first one is that I'm going to like the second one better because the music is better and the story is even more towards adults than it is to kids. And for this one, I felt that, yes, the songs and stuff were better, but I just love the original story more so than the story in this one where I felt there was more kind of detail in the first one and it felt more like an origin fairy tale. This one kind of just felt like learning the backstory of their parents, which they didn't really touch on in the, in the first one. And kind of Elsa just really coming into like her powers and everything. But I, I still felt I like the first one more than part two. I totally agree with you. And it's not often that I really like a second one more than I ever like a first one anyway. Um, most of the time, the first one always like really supersedes the second one. But I felt that the plot lines were almost too similar. Like if you were going to do a second one, you should kind of go polar opposite if you want it to kind of hit higher than the first one. But this one just kind of kept going on that same track, almost like it was like the same movie just put out at different times. You know what I mean? Like it literally was like yeah, almost pick up right where the first one left off. And it, it was more geared towards adults. I will say like my 
niece who loves Elsa in Frozen. She watched Frozen 2 and like she thought it was dark. Like she doesn't ever want to watch it again because it was scary. Um, <laughs> and you know, to me, I'm like, oh, it wasn't scary. But for her to say that and her like to love the first Frozen, I thought that was interesting. Like they did definitely go darker on Frozen 2 for sure. And I felt it was funnier though. Like I felt Olaf was funnier in this. He had more <laughs> kind of, he had more one liners in this one. I felt that kind of livened it up a bit. But yeah, I did see it as a lot darker and like like it didn't even feel like at a kid's movie like a kid's movie at some points when like she's like fighting in the middle of the ocean. I was like, this is kind of intense. This would be like in any other kind of like sci-fi movie. Yeah. Well, and, and I think they probably gave more stuff to Olaf in the second one because I don't think anybody realized that Olaf was going to be such a big deal after the first one. But he was like yeah. one of the best parts. You know, he, he added that comedic relief and he did it again in the second one. So um, I definitely agree with you on that part, but I would say like for kids and stuff, the first frozen is, is probably always going to be where it's at, but again, still followed that really good storyline of the family and the sister. So I still like it for that reason. But w- what do you give the second movie? What is your rating? I give it three and a half out of five Elsa's. <laughs> still Elsa. Are we still, uh, do you, okay. So since you thought Elsa was attractive in the first one, I mean, they even like put her in white and stuff in the second one. Did you think she was more attractive in the second one? Um, I'd say more attractive in the first one in that particular scene I was talking about earlier, but yeah, I still saw it in this one. Like, Oh, <laughs> she's still the sexy princess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they still kept with like the kind of tight clothes and, and very like form fitting outfits for her. So I get it, but apparently you know we got to have your girlfriend dress up as elsa for halloween and sing let it go and <laughs> that's the <a> thing <laughs> oh my gosh well, all right that is our review of frozen thanks morgan number two for hanging out yeah it was episode. super fun thanks for having me on now we can have um some sweet jedi fights and you can quote yoda to me and i'm so stoked about that you get it now uh (laughs) so hopefully i can see you soon once the quarantine is over but stay safe and we'll talk to you soon yeah you too and everybody go binge star wars or marvel or any movies or binge mike's podcast do all the things (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks morgan yeah bye mike bye all right that's gonna do it for this week thanks to morgan number two for hanging out you can follow her on instagram at webgirlmorgan and i'm just gonna give my shout out this week to terry from nat geo one of the big dogs over there who i found out is a listener of this podcast and i thought that was insane so what up terry i hope you enjoyed this week's episode thanks to everybody for listening and i will talk to you guys again next week on movie mike movie podcast until then later this is malcolm gladwell from revisionist history eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.